Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken here, and we're back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio, and we have Heather R. Younger, the author of The Art of Caring Leadership. You know what we're going to do today? We're going to kind of go inside the company because I believe what happens on the inside of any organization is felt on the outside by the customer, and we're going to talk about a great concept that uh, Heather calls self-leadership. We'll get to that in just a moment. Before that, a couple of quick announcements. And if you've heard the show, you know what they are. If you've got an amazing customer service story that you'd like to share, or you have a question, please reach out to me on any of the social media channels. If it is a question, use the hashtag Ask Shep, and I promise I will respond there. I will respond in an article, or I may respond on my TV show, which is Be Amazing or Go Home. And you can find that on uh, Amazon Prime, Apple TV, Roku, a number of other places. And now if you want to catch a bunch of the episodes, go to BeAmazing.tv. That's BeAmazing.tv. You're going to love it. All right, let's get into our interview. Heather R. Younger is a best-selling author, international speaker, consultant. Uh, she's a leadership professor. She is a reputation for being known as the employee whisperer. Now, up until this point, all I knew about whispers were horse whispers, but uh, we're going to find out more about that. Heather, welcome to Amazing Business Radio. Thank you so much for having me, Chef. So let's start there with uh, with the employee whisper. I'm very intrigued. Mm, you know what? I earned that hard. I've read probably about 30,000 employee engagement survey comments and diversity, equity, inclusion kind of survey comments. I've sat in over 100 employee focus groups. Uh, I We do listening sessions at my firm, Employee Fanatics. So that just came to me by really intently listening, sitting with, uh, being with, and, and listening to team members, to employees, about what it is their organizations do or don't do, their concerns and everything around, um, you know, what their leaders aren't doing and how they're not listening to them. So that's what I do. And so that's where the employee whisper came from. I love it. And so you talk about this great concept of, and here, I would just want to tell people, again, the book is called The Art of Caring Leadership, How Leading with Heart Uplifts Teams and Organizations. And that book is just out. You can buy it anywhere in the world that Amazon has a presence, which means anywhere in the world you can get this book. And something you talk about is self-leadership skills. And I want to go there because I believe everybody has an opportunity to be a leader. You don't need the title. Our friend Mark Sanborn, who is from Colorado, who is in your chapter of the National Speakers Association, of which, Heather, I just found out today that you are going to be president of the Colorado chapter, which is actually like the largest chapter, I believe, in the United States, if not one of the largest chapters. And you are now going to be president. Mark Sanborn, my buddy, is in that chapter. And he says that you don't need a title to be a leader. And here you talk about cultivating self-leadership skills, which is basically the first chapter of the book. So let's go there because I'm intrigued. You know, it, it is self-leadership. It's the biggest chapter too. It's the more robust chapter. It's because we cannot give what we don't have. And what I find is, you know, when we think about self-leadership, here are some of the components of that. This idea of being congruent with what we say we value. Are we congruent and questioning that for ourselves and in ways that we can become more congruent? Are we authentic? 
Are we intentional? Do we exercise proper self-care? Do we have a support system of people that we can go to so that we're not in it all alone? These are some of the things that are in self-leadership, but it's that idea of like, we can't give from empty cup. We cannot care for others if we don't care for ourselves. And that includes making sure that we're fully aligned with who we think we are, right? And showing up in an intentional way. So great. And the, I guess, self-leaders, we want to hire people that have the capability of taking on their own responsibility and, and say, this is my job. Um, I, I, from what it sounds like and what I read, we don't want worker bees, although worker bees are important. Uh, you know, hey, here's a process, follow the process, don't deviate from the process, that's fine. But for a lot of the self, uh, well, for a lot of customer service and uh, interaction with other people, we need people that can think on their feet, that will take responsibility, that can be empowered to make good decisions. I think that's where the whole self-leadership concept comes into play. Absolutely, yeah. I think about a time I was leading customer experience for a large county in Colorado, and there was a, a lady who came to the counter, and she was speaking, and one of my team members I, who I oversaw was at the counter. And that, my team member was getting really frustrated because she couldn't understand this resident who was the customer. She, her language, her, her uh, um, accent was very thick. And I could see that my team member was struggling that the customer need was not being met. It was not my quote unquote, you know, like job to do what I just was about to do. So I, I went to the, to the uh, customer and I said, excuse me, can I help you? And then she of course struggled some more to tell me what she needed, but I thought I heard some words I understand. So I took her, I escorted her, I said, come with me. I escorted her down the hall. We waited at the window at the place where I thought she was supposed to be. When that window became free, I went up to the, to the clerk and I said, I just, the, this customer um, said that she thinks she needs like something I think I heard divorce is what I heard. Is this where she needs to be? And she said, yes. And I said, okay, Mrs. And I, you know, I've collected her name. Mrs. This is uh, this person and she'll take care of you. That self-leadership is that. It doesn't mean because I had a title, I was leading customer experience, but anybody would taking on that role would say, I, am, I show up this way in a way that's attentive that's customer focused, that I'm, I'm, I'm showing up in a service way, servant way, right? And then that, I think that's the kind of thing we're looking for. And when we talk about caring leadership, I am doing it in the framework of those who people look to them for guidance. They look to them for leadership. And so how are you, the question I always wanna say, don't start with what you're doing with other people. What are you doing for you to really make sure you're showing up at your fullest self and the best leader you can be? Well, that reminds me of the three jobs that every person who goes to work at Disney has. Number one is the job they were hired to do. That could be taking tickets at a booth, selling ice cream, uh, souvenirs, uh, helping people on and off rides. Number two, um, to take care of the guest. And that's mm -hmm. separate and uh, probably above and beyond every other responsibility they have is to take care of the guest. By the way, third is to keep the park clean. If you see trash, pick it up and throw it away. Uh, and that's, to me, even though it sounds like a throwaway afterthought, no, no pun intended on the throwaway, but it, <laughs> it sounds like, oh, that's just an extra little thing. No, it is so important. It's part of the whole brand. But the job you're hired to do, that's great. Take care of the guests. That's what Disney's, and that's what you're doing. We must hire people that are willing to step up. And when it comes to taking care of a guest, assume a leadership role, even if they're not leaders. Absolutely. Yes. And it's interesting because I, when I think of, you know, customer or client, in my mind, everyone is a customer. So like, I show up on this earth and I'm here to serve anybody in my presence who needs me in that moment. 
And that was a concept that was really hard for kind of the county employees to take in as I was leading customer experience and I had to train them on like, here's what you need. And then this is not my responsibility. Absolutely, it is. It's your responsibility. It would, you would think it wouldn't be my responsibility as the director of this program to be walking across the halls, down the halls, you know, escorting people to windows. But that's what I do. I think it's important to get people where they need to be, to follow it through, to see it through. And it doesn't matter your title. Right. So you, as you say this, I keep thinking of all types of things we can talk about for about the next 17 <laughs> hours. But here's one. You said everybody is a customer. And immediately I go to there's outside customers, there's internal customers. So let's, I'll let you share and riff on this concept of the internal customer. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I always find uh, when I'm dealing, when I'm working with HR folks, they, they don't see the employees necessarily as their customer. So again, if I see customer as this blanket thing where I'm there to serve the people, I am a human, I'm in my shoes. Someone needs me for something. And so whether I'm inside as HR, director, a, key, a coworker, a team member, or external, where the a customer is coming to the organization that we work for, they need you in that moment. So the question is, how will you show up? Will you show up in a way that's receptive to their needs or are you closed off because it's outside of your purview? And that, and that happens everywhere. So this is the why for me, it is such a global concept of just like, who, how do you show up as a human? That self-leadership component is so critical because you can say, well, yeah, I'm really, I really do put people at the center and I'm a really, I care about people. And the question is, do you really? Is that something you value in your actions, not just your words? And those are the things that we have to consider, whether we're dealing with the internal and external. But to me, internal customer, external customer, I'm here to serve either. So that's why there's not a differentiation. Right. And I think there should never be. Yeah. I mean, it's well said by Jan Carlson, former president of Scandinavian Airlines years ago in his book, Moments of Truth. If you're not dealing directly with a customer, in his case, it was a passenger on an airplane, you're supporting somebody that is. And I'll add to that, you're part of the process that that is maybe behind the scenes you know maybe that person in the warehouse never sees a customer but if he or she doesn't package the product properly in the box before it's shipped out and it shows up damaged you've now tainted the customer's experience everybody's job is managing that that customer and uh, taking care of, you know, of, of that experience. So, hey, this is a perfect time to take a short break. And then when we come back, I wanna talk to you about how we create the culture that allows this to happen. I know uh, we've talked about empowerment before, but I think we're gonna take it to the next level as we talk about letting everybody become their own style of leader, if you will. So we are talking to Heather R. Younger, and she is the author of The Art of Caring Leadership, How Leading with Heart Uplifts Teams and Organizations, available at Amazon, and we're going to be right back. Don't go away. Cult is not a scary word. My book, The Cult of the Customer, proves it. It helps you design a strategy to lead customers and employees through five cultural phases or cults. And good news, I've revised and updated the book. The new edition, The Cult of the Customer, is available for purchase now. It features case studies, tips, and tactics to guide you on the journey from uncertainty to amazement and build a customer-focused culture, a cult of the customer. So what are you waiting for? Go to www.cultofthecustomer.com. Go there today and order. Join the cult that turns satisfied customers into customer evangelists, the cult of the customer. 
You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We are back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Heather R. Younger, who is a best-selling author, international speaker, consultant, and the incoming president of the uh, National Speakers Association chapter in Colorado. Heather, you know, this whole concept of, you know, creating that self-leader, I believe it has to be ingrained in the culture. It probably has to start with somebody at the top saying, this is what I want. How does a leader make that happen inside an organization? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think if we're talking kind of top down, then it's obviously it has to be modeled by the C-suite. If, if uh, modeled, meaning letting people give, you know, letting people go, giving a little bit of loose direction, letting them go, checking in for support. I'm going to give you an example of this. It's a good parallel for customer experience too, but it helps you understand what this idea of empowerment is about. So um, many, many years ago, my husband and I were married. We went on our honeymoon and we went to this ho- this this hotel that had this five star, five diamond, like an amazing restaurant. We go in there and we look at our at our menus and on, on the top of our menus were our names and they were custom typed and they were like, wow, this is amazing. Nice. We sit down and the main person introduces to her, she and four other people that are associated with our table. So there's four people at the table and what they tell us what's what, and then they go away. And we're like, we're having a beautiful time. We're like, we're, we, don't, we don't need them. We don't see them. We need them. We see them. And all of a sudden they come, you know, like, what the heck, the, the glass is filled. And then all of a sudden they're gone. And we're like, what the heck? And they just keep disappearing and coming and they're at our beck and call. And so what I mean by that, when you think about it from a leadership perspective, we are, they come and they kind of, here's kind of the lay of the land. Here are the expectations. Here's some clear ways to go. Then they back off and they let you do your thing. And all of a sudden you need them and they're there like accessible, but they're not hawking. They're just there and accessible for you uh, when they need you. And I think that's the culture we need to be thinking about when we're thinking of leaders, leaders in the top, leaders inside of teams is how are you kind of providing some guardrails, giving them some clarification and then retreating and only showing up really with, to give them extra support or when they are calling on you and, and when they need you. And that's really the, the kind of visualization I like to think of it. I think of empowerment. Are you familiar with the concept one to say yes and two to say no? No, I'm not sure. No, it's an old, you know, I I share this a lot and I'm amazed at how many people don't know what this is. It's real simple. Uh, If you properly empower people and, and, and and we're going to take this to the leadership role, but in customer service, empower your frontline employees to say yes. But if for some reason they can't figure out what to do to get to a yes or an alternative that's the only time they can come back to the manager and, and because they can't, they can't figure it out. And then the manager steps in and helps and then teaches that employee, this is how you do it next time. And it might be a valuable enough lesson to teach the team at some point. But the idea is yes. let somebody go out there and say yes. Now, here's the key. Uh, if the employee does say yes, they have to come back and explain, hey, I was asked a really crazy question today or I was asked to do something. It's not something I'd ever been asked before, but I realized well, it's pretty much common sense. I think I've got it. This is what I did. Did I do okay? And that's the opportunity for praise and even mm-hmm. a deeper dive into sure. And here's some nuances. Let's share it with the team. And you're starting to build this culture of letting people run their little ship, if you will. Um, and, and it's, it's powerful. You know, we, it is. you, you know, you look at a restaurant and if you, and you just mentioned the restaurant, that's what made me think about this. A server is basically, uh, even though they may be on the payroll, to me, they're an independent employee who actually works on commission. Okay. They've got a base salary, 
which is their hourly wage. And then they get, you know, if they're really good, they'll get a 20% tip. So they get 20% of everything they sell, right? And if I can create this great experience where somebody buys dinner and then says, it was so good, I'm going to add 20% for the person taking care of me. And I realize somebody listening is going to say, yeah, but we share our tips. You get the idea. <laughs> it's, it's look at a bigger picture, please. <laughs> okay. But, but that's what we're doing is we're saying, go out there and do such a good job that you're going to earn your top dollar, if you will. And to employees internally, we want them to, to take a chance and say, yes, give them parameters. Tell them there's a line in the sand you don't want them to cross. I mean, am I on the right track here? Absolutely. I mean, that, that, that opening up kind of this ability to take calculated risks. And also, if you've taken the risk by, you know, you've, you've counseled, you've been counseled by the leader, you go and you take the risk, you've already talked to them, and something doesn't go right, the leader who's the empowering leader is the one who is going to stick by your side and go, okay, okay this didn't go how we planned it. This didn't go how you thought it was going to go, did it? However, let's, let's talk this through instead of coming down like the heavy arm, like you yep. just really messed up, you know what I mean? You are allowing it to be a safe space for them to kind of experiment. And again, it's a space, spaces are limited, right? So it doesn't mean it's like, go conquer the Do world. Do whatever you that. want. Yeah, that's not what we're saying. There has to be clear expectations and there has to be some parameters. And then it's like, in that space, I want you to use all your gifts to the nth degree to make this outcome be what it is we want it to be or more. And that's really what empowerment is. Yeah, I love that. So the idea is uh, you you can get upset with somebody for making a true error or mistake. If they do it over and over again, you've got a real problem. But mm -hmm. taking a risk on behalf of the customer because you think you're doing the right thing and you're like almost always there, I think that is the employee you want. Uh, you want them mm -hmm. to push the envelope, so to speak, and get, get, because that's what great companies do. I was out at High Point University and you and I both know, I think you know who the president of High Point is, our good friend and NSA fellow National Speakers Association member, Nito Cobain. And ah. Nito said, uh, we were out there and he's giving me a tour and there's a young uh, girl sitting behind a desk. It says concierge. She couldn't be more than 18, 19 years old. And it turns out that she was in fact a freshman at school there. And this was her job to make a little extra money. And he said, here's the question I want you to go ask her, go over there and ask her this. And it was something like, uh, it was like a problem. That's what concierge do. They help you. And she looked at me after I asked her the question and she said, wow, that's an interesting one. I said, can you do that? She says, Hey, my response, what, what was her exact words? Oh, I wish I could remember something like it's not uh, it's not in my job description, but it is my responsibility or something like that. Ooh, in other words, like... It's not my title, maybe is what she said. It's not in my title, but it's definitely my responsibility. And then she went on to try to figure out how to take care of it. And she said that I was blown away. And he says, yes, this is what we're teaching people is that they are here to serve. They are here regardless of what their job is. It is their responsibility to take care of other students, hence customers, family members of those students and prospects yep. Yep. or special guests like me. <laughs> so. Anybody who's looking to you, it's a, it's, a, it's a really, it can be an overwhelming concept, really, if you think about this idea of like everybody's your customer. 
So like anybody who's looking to you, I mean, you were that way. I was your customer to a certain extent, even though, you know, I was I could still be referring to you, but I think about Shep and how he responded to me in a moment. I was like coming to him and a couple different times where he did that and he went out of his way and he was there to serve me. I, he didn't really see any direct benefit, but in, in his mind, it was like, I am serving this other person who needs me in this moment. And what I find, I find is when I take on that mindset, things just come back to me. All, all the time. They come back to me because I have a mindset of serving those around me. So yep. I think it just taking Thank on, you. it can be overwhelming for some people like what? So I have to be on and serving people nonstop. Well, I mean, my answer is yes, really. I mean, when it comes to our family and everybody, um, obviously I talk about self-care. So there's that counterbalance there where you have to also take the time for you to care for you, to serve yourself, all of those things. Right. So it's important to know that. So good. All right. We are getting close to uh, running down to the end. I want to go to the book, The Art of Caring Leadership. And I want you, and I'm going to put you on the spot here. None of this is in any of the questions or talking points. By the way, I don't think we've hit. I know one of the talking points was empowerment. We snuck into that one. Uh, But I want to talk about your book here. I want you to give me, like you can take it the most one minute for each. Mm -hmm. I want three ideas out of this book, your three favorite ideas. Maybe it's a story, maybe it's a concept, but uh, less than a minute on each one. Ready, set, go. (laughs) So caring leadership is actually showing daily actions that show concern and kindness for those you lead. And it is daily actions. We often think that we care. We say we care. People might say someone doesn't care, but it's the expression of the care that actually makes all the difference. So now we don't have to have this nebulous concept anymore. It can be something that has some concrete examples. And there are 80 stories inside this book of leaders like Gary Ridge, who's the CEO of WD-40 company. And his whole focus is having what he calls a tribe of people who he thinks like the culture, everything revolves around. He says hi to them in the morning. He takes time to be with them. So you as a person who wants to be a caring leader, it's about expressing the daily actions that show concern and kindness and doing what Gary does, just doing it in the small ways and doing it very consistently. That's all that really matters. Great, great first one. All right, number two. And by the way, I think in your forward, it was the forward by uh, the uh, CEO? Chester. Or, okay, yeah. Of Forwards by Chester Elton. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's the yep. the appreciation apostle. <laughs> um, and I would say the the second thing is the second story. Um, from uh, many years ago, when I was a kid, I had a, a an aunt who really took to me, and I come from an interracial interfaith background, and the family really put me as an outsider. And she was the one who, no matter where I moved to, would always find a way to bring me back in, to make me feel like I was included and like I belonged. She didn't realize at the time that she was showing daily actions to show concern and kindness towards me. She was expressing care in her own way. She was a really good early example to me about what caring leadership actually looked like. How do you expand your circle? How do you make people feel like you belong? Do you think she the planted thing, the seed? that made you did she did she did i think she did yeah she is like again i i I had to think her story didn't come back to me until i was right about i it's not like i had even drafted it out but i was just in the like starting to write the book and i was thinking about like when would be a really early sign and she was that person who just everybody else put me as an outcast i was a black sheep in my family like literally no one i was not allowed to go to any large family gatherings no one wanted to see me on my mom's side of the family because again interracial mom is white my dad is black and my mom is Jewish, my dad was Christian. And so that whole thing of like being that outcast, being have this one person though, who would send me these boxes of Hanukkah gifts. And it was her way of keeping me connected to that side of myself that I wasn't, I didn't feel like I, I was included in. And she did that. And that's what caring leadership's about. How are you touching the lives of those 
um, that are looking to you for guidance is one of the questions. Oh, that's great. All right. And the third example. And then I would say one of the things that caring leadership, caring leaders do, and we think about even in the customer experience space, is we help our people overcome. Shep kind of alluded to this before. So if they see that there's barriers to delivering on, delivering on great service, the caring leader takes time to allow their person to kind of breathe through the anxiety, the angst, or the issue that's going through it, and they help them bypass it or overcome that. There was a person that I interviewed on my show. Uh, she was someone who worked at a human services department. And during the time that she was in leadership there as a public affairs person, they had about 12, no, about 16 children died in their care. And she, in that moment as a leader, did not allow her team members to kind of breathe through the experience. Um, instead, they just move forward, move forward, move forward. And she regrets not allowing that pause for them. And later on, she shows up for her CEO who was going through a similar situation in another job. And she did help him through that time. And it really is that leader who's helping their people through. You're in the middle, you're in a crazy customer chaos situation. Some product goes bad, whatever it is, right? You have to be there to allow your people to breathe through it, to help them become more resilient and get thicker skin through the process. Right. Outstanding, outstanding takeaways from the book. All right. We usually have longer, but now I'm going to ask you for the real quick final nugget. The last question is the one thing you want to share with us before we wrap up today's interview. No matter what title you hold, it doesn't really matter. It's how you make people feel that makes all the difference, whether it's a customer, a coworker, a team member, it's how you show up, um, how much you lead yourself with integrity and congruence and how you make those on the other end of your interactions feel. And it's, it's all about a choice. Yep. You can do that. And you can do that in any position with any title. You don't have to be the CEO or the founder to be this level of leader. And I love the concept. I really am excited that we focus today on the inside culture of a company. That's a little departure from what we normally do, but I really believe it. And I said it at the top of the show, what happens on the inside of an organization is felt on the outside. And the best organizations practice exactly what you're talking about. They create these organizations that I call destination employment. Meaning when you go to work there, you don't want to leave anywhere. You don't ever want to leave to go anywhere else because what could be better than this? So Heather, thanks for being on the show. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Always a joy to be with you, Chef. Well, thank you. Again, Heather R. Younger has written the book, The Art of Caring Leadership, available at Amazon, wherever Amazon is. And that is everywhere. We are done today, but we're going to be back next week. And when we do, we're going to have another amazing interview. So please be sure to tune back in. And in the meantime, this is Chef Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.